Hey, welcome to a new season of our podcast, A Pastor and a Rabbi Walk Into a Bar. It's a little bit of a new format this season. We have lost one of our beloved friends. We haven't lost him to heaven. He just took a job. So our friend, Pastor Scott Eastman, has gone on to pastor Unchurch in downtown Green Bay. And so it is just... Just the two of us <laughs> building castles in the sky. Just I feel like you missed. You did miss a line on that. There was you and I. <laughs> <laughs> I looked you right in the eyes when I said did. that. It was you awkward. Did. It was very awkward. <laughs> I'm I'm super glad that this is audio only. Yes, because it could get awkward. Yes, but it's fun. I missed you, bro. Missed you too. It's been a long time since we did an episode. It has been long. And so it's it's going to be a journey this season of some things that we want to talk about, some things that are frustrating us, some things that we're excited about, some things that we're encouraged about. Obviously, we're in an interesting time, mm-hmm. a less tumultuous time than we have been. Mm-hmm. They finally got rid of masks. Yes. Bro. The have you best. flown without a mask yet? Yes. It was amazing. It's incredible. I walked into the airport like I owned the place. <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask. Bro, yeah. I was on a flight when they announced it. Yeah. And my flight attendant took her mask off and threw it in the garbage. Really? I was like, let's go. Oh, they went for it. Yeah. yeah 90% of the was, flight didn't take it off though. You know, part of the idea of flying is that people see my beard. So the problem with the mask... <laughs> Is nobody can see the beard. Well, you have the beard mask. You have the beard tarp, right? We did have the beard. Yeah, yeah. We have the same mask. Yeah, beard tarp. I feel sorry for that company now. Actually, yeah, they're gonna lose. Yeah, a lot of companies were making a lot of money on the masks. Now they got to shift for sure. Well, they're trying to bring the mask thing back. Let's be honest. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Vice President Harris has COVID right now, so I told my wife last night. I wonder. If this is going to be anything? a reason for them to say, see, hmm. if the vice president of the most powerful country in the world can get COVID How because we don't have to the White House, right? With all its security. <laughs> Come on. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And if it can get into the White House on Air Force Two, then it must be able to get on Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about when, when, when the variant of COVID was called Delta, I felt bad for Delta. Right. I no that doubt, w- that bro. That might have been, uh, <laughs> but the way that Corona handled being called Corona right. was they hired Snoop Dogg, right? Exactly. That totally helped. Maybe Delta will do that. Have you seen the commercial with Andy Samberg and yes, Snoop Dogg? Bro, it's so funny. We won't goes, stop calling him Snoop Dogg. Double G. Snoop Dogg. Double G. And he's like, "What are we gonna do today, Snoop Dogg? Double G." And he's like, "You can just call me Snoop." And he goes, "Okay, Snoop." D-O-double-G. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing ever. I love that. Yeah. It's a good response to being called Corona was to hire Snoop Dogg. <laughs> bro, do you have our, our segment? Uh, yes. Bro, bro did, you, did you know? Bro, did you know? Bro, yes. did you know? I think first, though, why are we even doing this podcast? Well, I think the intention think for, for me is these are conversations that people could have in a bar. Two dudes that are sitting... At a bar stool, things that they would talk about that are normal, and somebody right. who maybe doesn't have a spiritual compass. Right. Who can you imagine? This is this just in. Can you imagine being <laughs> an unsuspecting guy sitting at a hotel bar who sits next to the honorable Rabbi <laughs> Matthew Rosenberg <laughs> and asks him a question, bro? And yep. suddenly he is 
he receives all of the knowledge that you have. That's how I would envision it. A guy who's really down in the dumps and maybe he doesn't have a spiritual compass. He doesn't know how to take those real tangible problems of his life and turn them over to to the Lord. Right. And so if we were having that conversation with them at a bar, how would that conversation turn? Yeah, because I also think people, depending on your background and context, right, you th- you think of – how do people think of pastors or rabbis, right? Oh, yeah, We're not sure. normal people no. to other people. Like you ever get the – whenever somebody finds out I'm a rabbi and then they curse and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, all the I'm time. So- oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. The thing that's funniest to me is <laughs> like, like when – I don't care if you curse. <laughs> bro. <laughs> You're like, dude, I curse all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, no, I didn't mean to say that. No, I like when I'm out in public in Green Bay and somebody sees me at the grocery store. Yeah. And they act like I don't grocery shop. Right. They're like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, what are you doing here? It's like like they're seeing me Did in you the float? wild. Did you like float in? Like a Bigfoot. In? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you float in? Yeah. I didn't know you, ex- you existed off the stage. <laughs> like, uh, I, still right. have, I still have to buy Charmin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the segment we did for in our first season, we're going to continue to do in this season is, bro, did you know? Did you know? <laughs> okay. So I'll throw one at you okay. and then you respond. The boss, Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Has had dozens of top 10 hits okay. on the Billboard Hot 100. Baby, we were born to run. But That's he's one never had a number one. Come on. Not born in the USA? The closest he ever came was a number two, Dancing in the Dark. Really? Born in the USA. And it spent uh, four weeks at number two. There is a song that he wrote that he did not sing. Wait, he's never had a number one song or a number one album? Number one song or album. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he just sold this song catalog for over a billion dollars. Yeah. Full of number wow, twos, bro. I guess so. If you're not first, you're last. I take his seconds. But then Ricky Bobby's dad said you could be, I mean, you could be second. You could be third. Heck, yeah. You fourth. He said, Heck, you could even be fifth. If you can race with a cougar in the car. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but, but I live my whole life based on that. If you're not first, you're last. Man, I was probably high when I yeah. said that. <laughs> we could literally spend a whole podcast quoting that movie. I'm like a spider monkey. Uh, I said yeah. that to somebody literally on I'm all on jacked Sunday. up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> So, interestingly, Springsteen did have a song that he wrote okay. for uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Manfred Mann's Earth? Is it with S's? Manfred okay. Mann's Earth Bands? Yeah, that was confusing. Uh, that he wrote called uh, Blinded by the Light. Blinded by the Light. Top the charts in 1977. Wrapped up like a... Another runner Springsteen in the night. wrote it, and that hit number one. Come on. Somebody asked him in an interview, why do you think that hit number one, but none of your songs hit number one? And he said it was the change of a line right. that made it number one. Super inappropriate line, I can tell the you right line, now. <laughs> the line in the song uh, that made it is revved up like a deuce. Right. Yeah, like a, like a that's two-stroke the, engine. That's the actual line. <laughs> Yes. That's what he wrote. Revved up like a deuce. Okay, that's what he wrote. What they changed it to, mm. for, forgive me for my uh, French here. Wrapped up like a... Yeah. Summer's Eve. Revved up like a douche. Rap, revved up or wrapped up? Revved up like a douche. And Springsteen said, jokingly, that's the reason why the song hit number one. 
if we had kept the original line, it probably would have hit number two. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that the song said, wrapped up like a douche, which, which brings me into what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about rude people. <laughs> <laughs> that was a killer transition. That guy yeah. who you're like, yeah, dude, that guy's. I mean, if we're at a bar, yeah, what we're not going to say that guy's. Uh, he's uh, he's offensive. We're right. going to say that guy's. So, hey, do you know Jim? Oh yeah, that dude's a douche. I can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the world has literally. Can we just say it like this? The world has literally become full of douches. We we could say it like that. Are you uncomfortable right now? A little bit. <laughs> Do you want to disassociate yourself from somewhere, this podcast already? Yeah. Like, like someone somewhere just thought he should be fired. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But, but there's only two of us. That they it, think that anyway. It would just be a rabbi in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody thinks a rabbi should be alone in a bar. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, rude people. Rude people. Yeah. Happens all the time. Especially when you travel, like we travel, like you were just in Phoenix yeah. at a board meeting. And yeah. I was just in Toronto. I went and spoke at a church over... Good Friday and Easter Saturday, and mm -hmm. bro, especially traveling, people are just so into themselves, man. For example, mm -hmm. I was on a flight and I got upgraded. Hallelujah, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. It's a full hallelujah. Man, when you're fat and you got to sit in the three seat, thing, man, it's ridiculous. Even if you're on the aisle, because I'm half in the seat and half in the aisle. Because I'm a lot of shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got to sit sideways. So I was so excited. I got upgraded. I got to sit in seat 4A mm. on the window. It's a good seat. But I'm on this new program where I'm trying to lose some weight. So my friend Barry Edgman got me on this program, Optavia, and you eat these bars. But you have to drink half your body weight in water, which means that I have to go to it's the restroom. Bro, why has it got to be a lot of water? I'm just saying. It could be less water. Is that water. a fat joke? Maybe when, maybe when you're through the program, you, half your weight of water will be less. Well, you hope. That's yeah. the goal. I got you. That you're drinking less water. <laughs> the whole goal of the program is to drink less water. It's yeah. not even to lose weight. You're so sick of water by the end. <laughs> Which I feel like, I don't feel like there's anybody out there in the world that wants a skinny rabbi. Well, you're there, bro. I mean, you've yeah. lost a ton of weight. You look amazing. I'm almost Thankful there. to our sponsor, Noom. I'm almost there. Yeah. Did you know we were sponsored Noom. by Noom? Noom. Hopefully after Brought this. Brought to you by. Brought to you by. Rabbi Matt. Brought to you by Noom. <laughs> Do you have a problem losing weight? It's probably mental. You should download the app Noom. Get to the heart of your problem. <laughs> so Which, anyway, I'm in I the- I just started wearing skinny jeans, and my wife told me the skinny jeans were out. And I was like, but I just got skinny. Bro. Give I me a chance. Somebody give me a chance. I don't wear skinny jeans because they just look like my pants are too small. Well- yeah. Over a certain size, people shouldn't wear skinny jeans because they just look like their pants are too small. And they can't pull them all the way up. Right. They look like an Australian worship leader who got stung by a bee and needed an EpiPen. It's right. It's bad. Right. We would say, yeah, we used to say that's a Hillsong pastor. We can't say that anymore. Mm. Let's talk about that in another episode. Um, <laughs> speaking about Blinded by the Light. So anyway, I had this guy who was sitting- 4A. Yes. I was in 4A. He yep. was in 4B. And mm -hmm. so I don't normally talk to people on planes. I'm sorry. I'm just not that guy. Oh, yeah. I, I normally- I put my beats on and then my yeah, hood on top. <laughs> I don't do the Sunglasses. hood. Sunglasses. I don't do the hood because with the with the beard, maybe it looks like I'm jihad. But they, I like get in 4B I, and I this guy sitting down and I he had this phenomenal leather backpack and it looked like it had been around the world in 80 days. And I just said, I said, man, what a- 
great looking backpack. It looks like it's been some places. What is that? He goes, um, leather. <laughs> so I said, okay, Mark, no problem. No problem. Um, so leather. About an hour into the flight, it was a five hour flight. About an hour into the flight, I unfortunately had to use the restroom. And so I said, excuse me, sir, can I get out and can I use the restroom? This is him. <sighs> so he gets up. Really? I go to the restroom, come back. Wow. Sit down. There's a lady next to us who has a baby, and she's doing her best. I mean, she she had a seat, and the baby had a seat. So this is a, a lady who's, you mm-hmm. know, she didn't get upgraded, mm. right? So she was doing her best. The baby was doing good. The, literally, the guy, have you ever seen people that they keep looking over at somebody or looking over at a kid? And they, yeah. we know what they're yeah. trying to do, yeah. bro. Like, okay, we get it. Like, <sighs> you're rolling your stop. eyes. It's like, it's a baby. You're it's like, like five months clearly old. Clearly, you never had a kid. Yeah. So I, so- so then the, to stop. Nobody makes them stop. Like two hours into the flight, the the flight attendant comes back and asks him if he would like another beverage. Mm. He goes, no, literally, bro. And so at that moment, wow. I, I made the determination that I was going to make the rest of his flight miserable. <laughs> so I got up a couple of more times when I didn't even have to use the restroom. Just because I knew that it was making him mad. And every time oh. I got up, it was... You spent a lot of time in Seattle. It was very passive oh, of you. like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, do you gotta... You gotta... Why are you mad, bro? Like, you got the sickest backpack ever. Like, yeah. you have nothing to be mad about. But he's like this idea of... That was Richard Sherman. You mad, bro? Was that his line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Tom Brady. Is he coming back? I don't know. To he's, Seattle? Uh, yeah. Oh. No, I doubt it. Nah. I don't think he's coming back anywhere. Hmm. Well, he's coming back to Seattle for his family to take care of some responsibilities. But well, yeah. I don't think he's going to play anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. This is a lockdown corner, though. You mad, That was bro? a great defense. The Legion of Doom. Boom. Legion of Boom. Yeah, Legion Boom. of Doom is the Road Warriors. Yeah, yeah that was not the totally greatest. Different. The greatest tag team yeah. in the history of wrestling. Wow. I mean, AWA champions, NWA champions, WWF yeah. I champions. actually wrestled for real, so I have a hard time calling that wrestling. Well, I bet you, I bet you that Road Warrior Animal could take you in a fight. Well, no question. Then I'm pretty sure it's real wrestling. I bet you he could pin you on the mat. It's a fake fight that the outcome is already planned ahead. I bet you he could suplex you. Definitely, he could suplex you and pin you. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against that. Yeah, but then that's real (laughs) wrestling. No, you don't think that the Road Warrior Animal could wrestle you to the ground and pin you? Okay. Before it's wrestling, I don't. I don't. That that's They're like saying stuff up. You saying that that's not real is like saying Santa Claus isn't real, bro. Is any other fact. sport? What bothers me is when they put wrestling on Sports Center, because it's not a sport. Well, they call it sports entertainment. They're athletes right. doing things. Yeah, for sure. But there's no other sport where the thing, the outcome is already laid out in advance. It's like calling Dancing with the Stars a sport because Terrell Owens is on it. Putting that on Sports Center, right? Right, yeah. Right, an athlete is doing something athletic. Why you got to be rude about this? Cause it's I'm angry. <laughs> it's a, I'm angry, and I'm going to be rude to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you that's... have to pee during this podcast. I'm going to sigh so deep, the... <sighs> bro. <laughs> and you would have no reason to have to sigh, right. because you've lost all this weight. You've gotten so <laughs> handsome. Thank. Thankfully, to our friends at Noom. my skinny jeans right now. (laughs) But it's hard to sit straight up because too tight. We went to an event last (laughs) night, and I wore jeans. I don't normally wear jeans, but you, myself, and 
our producer, Keith, uh-huh. who is with us in studio. Say hello, Keith. We, that feels like, doesn't that feel very Pat McAfee? Like yes. you talk to somebody who's off the mic and, yeah. you, and I love that. I love yeah. Pat McAfee. Yeah. Speaking of wrestling. Speaking of wrestling. Yeah, WrestleMania so real. winner. Yeah. A punter WrestleMania. doing such great things. Yeah. At, but he's a great podcaster, bro. He is. He's ridiculous. He is. No matter. Oh, I'd you be seen great him? too if I got Aaron Rodgers as a guest. Well, I've seen him uh, with a few other guests. Why does Aaron Rodgers trust him so much? He's, AJ Hawk. He seems to say things to Pat McAfee that he doesn't say to anyone else. Well, the connection's AJ Hawk. Like AJ uh, Hawk is Aaron's boy, bro. Like, who's AJ Hawk? I will punch you right in the <laughs> microphone right now. Number he fifty. Like a, he sounds like the, a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> he does sound like a wrestler. The Ohio State great linebacker. He's the Packer Hall of Famer, I believe. He's oh. an incredible middle linebacker. You number believe. fifty. You of don't the even green know who he is. He is incredible. He said, I believe. You don't even know. What did I say I believe about? <laughs> Hall of Famer? I believe the wonder-working <laughs> power. The wonder- I'm telling you, he is incredible. He's not a Hall of Famer. Oh. Keith just confirmed. Well, he should be. He's inevitably going to be in the Packer Hall of Fame. Let's just say that. So anyway. Not the Aaron- NFL Hall of Fame, just the... Well, I mean, Packer, I can't speak to Ring that. of Honor? I can't speak that to that. Is that what you call it? No, we have a Packer Hall of Fame, which is better than the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, I, you know. There's no question. It's almost older. Been to both, <laughs> no question. Yeah. So AJ and Aaron played together, and so they AJ is the co-host uh, of Pat McAfee's show. Okay, he's the I guy see. who smokes the cigars the whole time that he's on the show. If you, you ever watch very it? very interesting. Have you never watched Pat McAfee? Uh, I see clips on um, oh, man. Sports Center. Anyway, yeah, Pat McAfee, great <laughs> WrestleMania wrestler, yeah, great podcaster in yeah. and of itself. And so it's this idea. He's oh, bro, he had Brock Lesnar on there. What? That's a big bro, boy, Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. He he said His Brock Lesnar as big as my head. He said Brock Lesnar is the alpha male of all alpha males. He said if aliens invaded Earth and you had to pick one person to go out and defend <laughs> humanity, <laughs> Brock Lesnar's the guy you send put, out. Put yeah. <laughs> right. Who incidentally now is a farmer in Saskatchewan, Canada. Yeah, what? Brock Lesnar bought bought a farm, and he he lives in Saskatchewan, Canada. And see if you would have watched Does the he interview. Actually, farm. Oh or yeah, he's got. Bro, people? he's from South Dakota, so he's a real like grew up on so a. So he must be a farmer. Yeah. That's yeah, what you're well, saying. For sure, Sunny's from South Dakota. <laughs> She's a farmer, <laughs> which makes her mad, bro, because her dad's a rancher. Uh huh. If you call a rancher a farmer, they get so mad. Oh. Oh yeah, I don't know what it is. Insulting. So anyway, this guy's on the plane, and he's just rude the whole time, and it got me to thinking. How is it that we've gotten – I don't know if it's the word I would use is entitled. I don't know if the word I would use is impatient, rude, what it would be. But I I honestly am just – I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of people being able to say whatever they want, do whatever they want. But if I say what I believe, then suddenly I'm a problem. Mm. Everything – in the world feels like it is acceptable other than how I, I feel about Jesus. And so what I said to my wife, Sunny, the other day is it, I have, I have become sickened by the sinfulness of our culture. Mm-hmm. And so that translates, I don't know if that translates into rudeness or if that what does that translate into? But I definitely think um, 
it has created a chasm between people that doesn't need to be there. And I think obviously I think I know that generally people are rude because they're sad, people are rude because they're hurting, people are rude maybe they lost their job. There's lots of reasons why people are are rude people, but it is becoming if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. it is becoming increasingly more difficult for me to love people mm. like that. Mm-hmm. To say you know, that, that guy in the plane, man, I just, I love that guy. No, I'm not really. I think he's wrapped up like a deuce, another <laughs> runner in the night. Revved up Revved like up. a deuce. Revved up. You know, for the original lyrics. Yeah. And so I don't know. What do you think? Like, you, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think people are increasingly more rude? Do you? Uh, um, yes, I do. I think it's harder for me when people call themselves Jesus followers right and are rude oh yeah that's here, here. much harder yeah than someone who's not cuz i f- i feel like there's a whole lot more grace for somebody who's they're not even interested right but if you claim to follow god and then you treat people um anybody you know right like you know service staff at a restaurant oh, or like you know, I don't think you should be rude to anybody. Right. Um, I think that is more frustrating for me because I don't understand angry believers. Hmm. I don't understand what they're so angry about. Well, there's a whole theological belief system in the Christian world of people that it just feels like they're mad half the time. Yeah. Without saying who yeah. that is. <laughs> well, I mean, we can, but <laughs> we better not. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been racy enough today. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like not, you're like, you're unseasonably spicy, spicy today. I don't really do spicy food, but oh. I do spicy friends. <laughs> you're such a dork, bro. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Brene Brown, who's yeah. the shame researcher, which is sort of like saying Oprah, because there's people that hate her and people that love her. And yeah. Um, but uh, she said in one of her books, it's a phrase, she took it, her counselor said it to her in a session. She was complaining about somebody and her counselor said, well, you know, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. And Brene Brown went, they are not. Wow. And then she decided to research the question because she was like, I want to see if people actually believe that people are doing the best they can with what they have. So she did research and she found that the people who treated others like they were doing the best they could with what they had, believed they were doing the best they could with what they had. Hmm. The people who hated the statement didn't believe that they were doing the best they could with what they have. Wow. So they judged themselves harshly, in turn, judge others harshly. That's interesting. And I use that phrase, you know, like thinking about, okay, what's that guy actually... He must be going through something. Yeah. He must have had something. He was probably on a phone call and got fired before he got his first class upgrade. Right. Or something. Yeah. You know, something just, you know. So I look, I try to look at people as I think they're, people are generally doing the best they can with what they have. Right. It's not an excuse. Right. Right. It's not a reason for somebody to be rude. But from the other side, it's, you know, I've had those moments too. And I think they are probably doing the best they can. And the end is the most important part, with what they have. Right. Right? They're doing the best they can with what they know. They're doing the best they can with what they have. Which is why when believers are angry, I'm like, I don't think we should 
be angry about anything because if we're as blessed as we are, hashtag blessed, as we are, then, you know, we should be able to extend that to other people. Okay, but what about this? Let me throw another angle at you. What about the person who wants you to be accepting of their lifestyle? You want them, they want you to be all inclusive of everything that they buy into and that they believe, but they're totally not inclusive of what it is that you think or what it is that you believe that you should accept their lifestyle. But the minute that you start to talk about the reason that you have the lifestyle that you have, for me, it's Jesus, Yeshua, as you would call him, his name his mother called him. But like, how does that not push you to a point that it frustrates you? I mean, people's perceptions... It's really people's perceptions. You, I just read an article last night. It comes back every few months where people want to replace Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy because the understanding is that he attends a church in California that's anti-gay. Huh. And he's repeatedly said he's not right. anti-gay. Um, and But he's also known for being a Christian. Yeah. So much so that James Gunn, who's not a Christian was like, he, he just recently said, if Chris Pratt gets replaced, then all of us need to be replaced. Because wow. I don't know how you can replace somebody for what you heard about him from someone else who doesn't even know. And then he said in the interview, this is James Gunn. James Gunn was like, do you even know what church he goes to? Because I do. Wow. And I don't think what people are saying about that church is even true. You wow. Know? So I think that stuff. And then Robert Downey Jr., of all people, said, you know, Chris Pratt is like one of the very few people I've met who is a Christian and lives like I think a Christian should. Wow. Like, so high praise from the people totally. around them, right? But right. there's people out there that are like, we believe you have this stance, and so because of that stance, we don't think you should be a movie star. Right. What? Why? Like, why can't you, you know, one of the things was that he was a Trump supporter. Huh. Like, which I'm not right. a Trump supporter, but I'm not going to cut off relationship with somebody if they are, I mean, if they keep talking about Trump over and over again, I might distance myself yeah. and set some boundaries. Right. But if, you know, it's kind of this, uh, part of the rudeness, I think, is the cancel culture, you know? That yes. If somebody says something that a group of people don't like, then they shouldn't have their job or they right. shouldn't own their company or they shouldn't, you know. Right. And I, I think all that just gets out of control because we all have things. I mean, I don't even agree with myself all the time. Totally. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. if agreement on everything means you can watch somebody's movie or not, like, that doesn't... Yeah, totally. Why does that affect, you know... Um, I mean, if he's if he's encouraging people to, like, kill gay people... Right. Okay, that's too far. The Nobody difference is, though, that they're... Ma- they're kill anybody. They're making it personal, right? Well, right. But it's like, okay... And over information that's not even real or right. substantiated or, you know... And I think Pratt would say, even if I'm anti the action, I'm not anti the person. I have, he, like right. Pratt, he lives right. in- You can disagree with yeah. what somebody does or doesn't do and still be kind. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of lifestyle choices that people yeah. have in the world beyond their sexuality that I don't agree with. Totally. But I still have those people in my life. Like I've got plenty of friends that I don't agree with some of the, I, I, mean, I, I mean, and not that I'm trying to group someone's sexual preference in with someone's substance abuse. But you know, I have, I have friends in my life that they, they choose to live their life in this, this cycle of addiction. 
Right. And they know it's wrong. They know they shouldn't do it. And they talk about, oh, I, I need to get out of that. But just because I, I don't agree with what they do doesn't mean I don't agree with who they are. Like, I love that person. I just don't like everything yeah. that that person does. Yeah. You know? And so, like, but with these rude people, as a pastor, it's hard sometimes to agree to disagree, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I know that. We talked before we got on here about this beautiful Jewish principle that you're going to give us a, a, a teaching on. But this idea of is it gets it gets hard, man. Honestly, at times, and some people are going to listen to this and go, "Like, here's the deal. Like, this isn't the conversation that you're going to have with me in my office." Right. But if we're having a a spotted cow together. At a bar, then it's a beautiful a new, new Glarus. It's one of our other sponsors. New Glarus, not really. I'm just kidding. <laughs> People are like, bro, these guys are sponsored by they everybody. So Thank you to our sponsor, New Glarus. Yeah. With its, it's, uh, it's Thank just you a, to our sponsor, First Class Upgrades on Delta. <laughs> it's a Wisconsin beer. <laughs> it's a Wisconsin beer. If I'm drinking Spotted a- Spotted cow. Yeah, it's, 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 that sounds like a milk. Hello. <laughs> it doesn't taste like a milk. But if I'm having a spotted cow with a guy, then these are the conversations that I'm going to have, right? These are like with a buddy yeah. over a, like a drink. Like it gets hard sometimes. I mean, to, we lost some people when you said douche before. But, uh, for sure. You know. Well, then they're not going to be offended by this because they're already gone, bro. <laughs> right. So like I go. Uh, they canceled it's, us. It's not always easy to, to live out teaching of Jesus that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. A, because I think a lot of people don't love themselves. Yeah, but the line right after that is the most important. Tell it. He says, he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? Right. And he says what you just said. Yeah. And then he says, on these two, hang all the law and the prophets. Yes. That statement is not new in first century Judaism. Because prior to that, there's a simple breakdown of the Ten Commandments. You know, the only thing that the scriptures say is that Moses received two tablets, right? Which, by the way, Moses is the only guy; it's the first guy to um, download from the cloud onto his tablets. <laughs> yes, Bingo. Um, rabbi humor. But it doesn't say how the commandments were laid out hmm. on the tablets. He, we just know he received two. Interesting. So, in Jewish tradition, the way that it's understood is there's five on each tablet, right? And the first four are about idolatry mm-hmm. and our relationship as humans to God. Yep. The other six are about our relationship to people. Mm-hmm. But honor your father and mother is the fifth commandment, right. is on the first tablet, not the second, according to Jewish tradition. And the idea is it's the connector between how we relate to God and how we relate to people. Right. Because your parents are your first picture of God right. and how you relate to God. And your parents are the first people that you have a relationship with. That's really good. Right? So it's a connector between the two. Hold that so thought. because I already a, understood. I had a pastor that said something really interesting to me years ago about that particular commandment that just like really drove it home to me. He said, <clears throat> it says, honor your father and mother. And, and he said that he would add to that whether they're honorable or not. Right. Because the comes because without, it gave you life. There's no asterisk that lets you off with that. Yeah. And honor doesn't mean you do whatever they ask you to do. It doesn't right. mean you agree with everything they do or say. It just means I'm, I exist because they connected and created me. Right. And so it's the pivot That's point. That's honor enough. 
Um, so it's understood already prior to Jesus, it's understood that the first tablet is love God. The second tablet is love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Because they are a summary. The 10 yeah. are a summary of all. Yeah. And then Yeshua, Jesus breaks it down to those two as the tablets are divided in Jewish tradition. Well, we all, and he's saying, we all know what yeah. the greatest commandment is. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor yourself. So why does on these two hang all the commandments? Because every commandment, whether we understand them or not, hmm. every commandment either has to do with loving God mm -hmm. or loving your neighbor. So good. So on these two right. hang all the law and the prophets. If your goal is to love God and to love people, you're going to still break all kinds of commandments. But when you find out, you're going to go, oh, man, that wasn't loving to God or to my neighbor, so I'm going to fix it. Hmm. Um, and then the original context of love your neighbor as yourself, which is in Leviticus chapter 19, mm -hmm. is um, it's at the end of a sentence, actually. So it's not even its own commandment by itself. It is, um, it says, you are not to hate your brother in your heart. Instead, mm -hmm. you're to firmly rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You're not to take vengeance nor bear a grudge against the children of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. So there's all three, even the command right before that in verse 16 is, um, do not be a gossip among your people and do not endanger the life of your neighbor. So everything around that kind of ends with love your neighbor as yourself in Leviticus is connected to how specifically to gossip and slander, right, um, and not bearing a grudge, right, and not expressing vengeance against people for what they've done to you, because we should love your na our neighbor as ourselves, right. So when Jesus says that, there's a context that they all understood. Oh, right, because when we talk about love your neighbor as yourself, we're talking about how we treat people, right. And it's and there's specific things, you know, slander and gossip are actually malicious in intent. Yeah. It's not just talking about someone behind their back. Mm -hmm. It's saying information to lessen that person's image in the person you're speaking to's eyes. Yeah. Like, did you hear yeah. that? Right? When we do that, we are not loving our neighbor as yourself. When we bear a grudge against someone who's rude to us, um, we're not loving our neighbor as ourselves. When we, you know, are engaged in so there's a context to um, love God and love your neighbor that's older hmm. than Jesus that he participates in and understands. And when he spoke about these things, the people around him understood that same context. But you said something in there that it was kind of like, bing, put a little light on over my head, is you said the idea of speaking the truth in love. And that's the thing that has become difficult is – to to be able to, I wouldn't say confront someone, but when someone is in a lifestyle that they shouldn't be in and you're in relationship with them, if you really do love that person, like here's my thing, like if I had sin in my life and I I wasn't being compliant or maybe, maybe I didn't, maybe I had gotten off the rails somewhere and I didn't, I didn't notice that I had gotten so far from the vine, I would want you as my friend and my rabbi 
to, to speak to me about that and to say, uh, hey, man, like, why are you talking to Sonny like that? Or why are you wasting your money like that? Or why are you treating your kids like that? But I, but I don't want you to do that like the guy on the plane who cleared his throat. I want you to come to me because you love me mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to confront me in that. And so the thing for me is I have to keep in my mind, I can't bring correction to people that I don't have relationship with. Well, that's a boom. Because then it's outside of And it. that's the problem, right? Everybody's, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to nail down things that we don't like about people that we don't even know. Yes. That's, that's exactly. not how it works. Yeah. Be, like Chris Pratt. Yeah. Like... Because people who have a relationship with him are the ones who can speak into exactly. it. You don't even know, like, you know an image that is being sold of yep. an actor. But that's not who he is at home. Yeah. He's not He's not Star-Lord at home. His kids don't care. Right. His wife doesn't care that right. <laughs> what he does, right? He's a, they know him to a level that no one else knows him. So when we start throwing around, you know, even the stuff with Hillsong or, you know, the... Yep. The, all these pastors are, oh, do you hear what they did? Yeah. Um, and it's not to excuse what was done no. or not done, but, you know, when people start judging, I don't think they're, uh, you know, well, obviously he wasn't a real Christian. How would you know that? Well, and that, and you got to look at what is the heart behind why you're sharing information? Totally. Am I sharing information because I just want somebody else to know because I yeah. want the person that I said it about to look bad because I was, I've was i been jealous yeah. of them for the last 20 years? In the, in or, the old English, it's do not be a gossip monger. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Most people, though, share information because they are malicious. Right, the gossip. If they're gossiping no, about totally. it, that's are you, what gossip is. Are you bringing this information about Hillsong because you genuinely want me to join you together right. in prayer about right. them, or right. is it you just you just you just want to be the bearer of bad news for somebody else, which you think makes you feel totally? Better? I yeah. mean, you know, the instinct is supposed to be, oh my gosh, this affects so many people. <laughs> like that's really sad, right, and hard, and like. We got to pray for all the people who are affected by it. I mean, by whatever was done, the sin, that's awful. Um, but also just the way that it affects, you know, the image of Christianity and, you know, in a world that's trying to make Christianity look foolish. And, you know, God isn't surprised by any of it. And he's right. not like, oh, man, we messed that one up. Uh, but, you know... I think uh, our normal instinct is, I knew it. I knew those guys. It's because they had too much money. Yeah. It's because they sold too many records. You know, they made $100 million. I mean, that's, you know, when they started making their own music and like, you know, and then it all of a sudden becomes like, so of course they failed. Right. What? Like, that's not, you know, I mean, I think that amount of money changes anybody, but, you know, is that all it is? Oh man, there's deeper pain and hurt and across the board. There's a root issue and and we can talk about both of our experience with Journey to Wholeness in another episode, but I find what ends up being the result for me is when I look at somebody like my seatmate in first class and he clears his throat, it makes me mad that he's he's being that way, but my response in the flesh is to be that way. And so when I don't agree with someone or when someone doesn't agree with me, then it it makes me want to get frustrated with them because they're 
they're frustrated with me that I don't agree with them, but then I get frustrated with them that they don't agree with me. And so what I'm trying to develop in my life is living around people who I don't agree with on everything, but loving those people anyway. And may, maybe agreeing to disagree totally. on some things, mm -hmm. but we can agree on one thing. Like, I love you. Yeah. Aw. No, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm saying to those people, like, hey, we, we disagree on I this. I love you too, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we disagree on certain things, and so how is it that we can live our lives in agreement and disagreement at the same time? Right. That's the challenge. Yeah, which is the difference between one of the – key differences between Judaism and Christianity. The difference is Christianity has America. I mean, it's really American evangelical Christianity at this point, which is like 300 years old. The it's like this plus this equals Orthodox Christianity. And, yep. and if you don't have those two things, then you're not really a Christian. Right. Judaism doesn't really operate that way. Jewish thought is, well, there's this idea and this idea, and I don't know. You could add another idea or take one of those ideas away, and then it can still be Jewish, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like it's like it's not. There's no equation, right? Like there is for um, it's. You know, you can have two rabbis say two very opposite things about a verse, and well, they're both rabbis, so they're both probably right. Well, how could they both be right if they're saying opposite things? Well, because there's a mystery somewhere in there that we can't, Yeah, you know. There's a verse in, in Deuteronomy 29, um, verse 28. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children so that we might do this Torah. Hmm. Right? So everybody wants secret things because secret things are sexy. Yeah. I want to know the end of the world. I want to know exactly how it works. I want to know the timing, and I'm going to come up with an eschatology, an idea of, like, this is how it's going to work. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. But how do you know that you're right? It hasn't happened yet. Hmm. And I think when it happens, you know, there will be pieces where people are like, well, God will be like, I mean, you were right about that one part, but you totally missed it. So, But there's a banquet right over here, and come on in, like – eat whatever you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's going to yeah. say that to like <laughs> so many, you know, there's not going to be, there's no point when, when, when Jesus is going to stand up and go, guys, there was one person in the history of the world. His name is Tim and he's a rancher in South Dakota. Right. Yeah. He got it all right. And yeah. you should have listened to him. <laughs> right. Like there, but sometimes that's how we like live our lives. That my opinion is the most correct. Yeah. So what happens when we focus on secret things that we can't know because the secret things belong to the Lord our God is we miss the things revealed that enable us to actually do what God has told us to do. Hmm. But we get distracted with the sexy secret things. Right. And, and then we miss the things as simple as how do you love one another? Yeah. Like love each other. I mean, this is a problem with love your neighbor as yourself back to journey to wholeness yeah. and understanding yourself is you're not going to be able to love people if you don't love yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a deep struggle for most people is there's, there's things we don't like about ourselves. The question for me is when we get angry about someone else's opinion, whatever it is, yep. 
the the real question is why is this making me so angry? That's really good. Because there's something underneath. Anger is not a- anger is known in psychology is known as a secondary emotion. Yeah, for sure. Right? It's a primary response, but it's a secondary emotion. Yeah. And there's always something underneath the anger that's more deep and real that we don't really want to touch. Yeah. And so whatever the issue is, like masks or vaccines or Democrat or Republican or theology or whatever, the question is, there's things that make all of us so angry that we can't function. Right. And if we pause and say, wait, why is their opinion making me so angry? Yep. If their opinion is, uh, you know, why is their opinion making me so angry is such like a, it's a hard, deep honest, you know, and I think when we talk about rude people and in the moments where we're rude and angry with people, I think it's uh, an issue of not being self-aware mm. enough to know what's underneath the anger. And yeah. If we can know what's underneath the anger, then we can stop functioning in our anger and deal with the real emotion and then be able to love our neighbor yeah. As ourself. I think it's caused either by something that's in you or something that isn't in you. Right? Oh, say that again. It's caused by something either that's in you or something that isn't in you. Right. And I actually think I just thought this for the first time ever while you were just talking. I disagree. I actually think that people <laughs> do love each other the way they love themselves. Uh, yes. 100%. And so as you said, the yeah. first the first root is Yeah. What is it about myself that I don't like? What Come is on. it about myself that I'm discouraged by or frustrated about? Well, that we judge ourselves harshly about. For sure. Yeah. Just like you said with totally Brene Brown. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I am frustrated by yeah. rude people. Yeah. But maybe at the end of the day, I'm actually frustrated with myself. Uh-oh. And what is it about me that I need to go into the inner parts and seek the Lord out that says... Every single problem that I have in my life, there is a root cause for that that started inside of me. Right. And so I need to figure out today, and I think if you're listening, it could be a good exercise for you to figure out what is it that is inside of you that is making you be frustrated and what are the things that are non-negotiables for you and chill out on the rest, man. Like, right. can we just, can we just figure out, it, you know what, honestly, I bet you, I bet you if I wouldn't have stopped talking to that guy because I got like a little bit butthurt over the fact that he said something about his leather bag, then may, maybe if I would have like continued on a conversation with him, maybe he wouldn't have been getting frustrated when I got up. Or maybe mm. I wouldn't have been like averse to him. Right. Maybe I would have learned something about that guy. But right. because I got onto that plane determined, like I normally do, that I, I, I don't need to talk to anybody on this plane. I'm off the clock. And so I think in the ministry, I think when you're a follower of Yeshua or Jesus, I think that you're never off the clock. Totally. And so what is it that we need to be doing today that puts ourselves in a position to actually have conversations like this with people? What's love got to do, got to do with it? <laughs> What's love? <laughs> well, I don't know the next line. But a uh, second-hand emotion. Oh, hey, you just now. said that anger is a wow. second-hand emotion. Full circle. Wow. Wow. 
Anyway, I think that's the end of this episode. If you liked what you heard, please share it, subscribe it. We love you guys. We're grateful that you are a part of our lives and we are a part of yours.